Hello and welcome to episode 66 of the Mo Money Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Morehouse. Thank you so much for joining me for another wonderful episode. Um, so lately, I've been getting really into the world of investing. I, I used to be honestly a little bit afraid of it. I thought it was really complex over my head and I really just wanted to focus on, especially like in my 20s, on saving, budgeting, frugal living, that kind of side of personal finance. But over the years, I've gotten really into investing and just how I can make my money make more money. And I feel like it's something that us millennials are kind of afraid of. We don't really understand it and so we don't do it, which is really a detriment to our you know future, our future retirement, our future goals, everything like that. So I am uh, making sure I'm bringing on guests who really know what they're talking about when it comes to investing so we can all learn about it together, which brings me to my next guest, Andrew Kirkland, who is the president of Just Wealth. He is also a certified financial planner and chartered investment manager, and he's been in the biz for over a decade, and he's worked at one of Canada's largest independent asset managers. So you know he knows what's going on. And the reason I really wanted him on my show is he actually reached out to me back in the spring um, and we uh, went out for coffee and just talked shop for like a good hour and a half. And I was just like, we need you on the show, we being me, um, because he he just really broke it down and explained investing in just a very understandable way that no one else, I feel, has ever really explained it to me. And I'm like, yeah, you, you need to be on the show because you really just say how it is. And he kept on repeating to me, he's like, investing really isn't that complicated. And I'm like, that's what I need you to explain to me and to everyone, because I I absolutely am on board with that. And I feel like we really do need to understand investing better. So, uh, and on top of that is a little freebie. Um, So if you were interested in investing with Just Wealth, uh, well, it is uh, the most comprehensive online investment platform in Canada. And if you sign up at JustWealth.com slash Jessica-Morehouse, you will receive a special $50 bonus when you sign up. So make sure to check that out. I will include information about that in the show notes, JessicaMorehouse.com slash 66. But you know what? Let's just get to the show, shall we? Okay. 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 Thank you, Andrew, for joining me today. Well, it's awesome to be here, Jessica. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. I'm excited to uh, pick your brain about all of your investing knowledge. Um, but before we get to that, I would like to get to know you a little bit more. What is your your background? How did you get into this uh, world of investing? Yeah, so I got into uh, investing. Um, I've been in the investment industry now for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I started at a mutual fund company. And mm-hmm. uh over the last 10 years or so, uh, when I was working there, they, they sold mutual funds directly to financial advisors who would then sell those mutual funds to their investors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked my way up. I started in the call center. Um, I'd answer calls. People would call me and say, what's the account value in my investments right now? Um, and you can imagine this was probably back in 2006, 2007. So Mm-hmm. You know, technology wasn't really the first thing people did. They'd call and, and find out what the actual market value in their account was. Uh, wow. It's kind of crazy to think over the last, say, 10 years plus years, it's, it's changed yeah. so much. But so I started there and I worked my way um, into different uh, departments there. And I actually, I was able to get to a vice president level at this mutual fund company where I was the one out there speaking with financial advisors and consulting them on the mutual funds that we had 
at that time we also had exchange traded funds mm-hmm. and you know, my goal was to, you know, work with them in hopes that they would sell more products to their investors um, and just work within a territory in Canada or sorry, in Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, um, I got I really got to know financial advisors um, very well. And these financial mm-hmm. advisors work. Uh, they could have been you know different, uh, whether it was a bank or somebody that works like at an Edward Jones type of office or, or mm-hmm. another dealership like that. Um, and then I really got to understand what they were doing. And what I found is that a financial advisors, um, they're typically a little bit older. Um, yeah. they, in order for them to give advice to their clients, uh, clients needed a lot of money. Sometimes they mm-hmm. needed like a hundred thousand, 250,000 or $500,000 mm-hmm. in order for a, a financial advisor to actually speak to a client. And I just felt that there was this change in how, uh, people were interacting, uh, it wasn't necessarily calling uh, a client service desk. It was people <laughs> wanted to get instant information. They wanted mm-hmm. to use their phone. They wanted to be online. And I just I felt there was a there was a better and there was a more efficient way for advice to be given to investors. And that's when we started. Uh, my partner and I started Just Wealth. Um, it was mm-hmm. the notion of you know we wanted to make it efficient and and, and low cost for investors, but at the same time. Uh, you know, make it fair and honest and, and act with the utmost integrity. And that's why the company is, is named Just Wealth. A lot of people assume that we just manage wealth, um, but <laughs> it's the just portion is, is actually for justice. And um, we want to we wanna make sure that everything we do for our investors are acting in their best interest and, and not our own. It's all, it has to be all about them. So uh, that, that's the whole just part uh, and fair and acting honesty and with integrity. So it's kind of a little, uh, little background on myself there. Yeah, no, I, I like that. And I, I, I really just like your mission because I, I absolutely agree when it comes to the financial advisor situation. I've had a, a few in my lifetime and some good, some bad. And in general, I, I always kind of go leave feeling I could probably do this myself more efficiently and not have to be, you know, in this office with this guy, you know, never really answering my questions for like an hour. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, and it's true. It's like there's always this kind of like feeling where I'm like, do they actually have my best interest at heart? Probably not. Because at the end of the day, their goal, even though they say, no, 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 this is how I'm compensated and everything like that. You know, at the end of the day, they are salespeople and they do want to make money. Right. So you need to be kind of uh, careful of that. So that's kind of why I am and me and my husband are more drawn to kind of more the self-directed route because, uh, I don't know, I I just feel like there's, you know, that old saying, um, no one will care more about your money than you. And I think that's very true. And so companies like yours, Just Wealth, I think it's, it's definitely something that, especially us millennials, I think are getting more interested in and doing as opposed to maybe going in a more traditional route like our parents? Well, I think if you look at the lay of the land, like um, up until probably a a few years ago, there there was no robo-advisor. So our company, Just Mm -hmm. Wealth, is is a robo-advisor. And I can touch on what a robo-advisor means more. But up until a few years ago, there was was no companies like ours that existed. And really the only options for – like really anyone to invest. It didn't matter what your age was, was you could do it yourself mm-hmm. and you could open up an account at a discount broker mm-hmm. or you could work with a financial advisor and you know they would provide advice not only on investments but probably 
insurance planning, tax planning, financial planning, and the whole the whole the whole shebang. But mm-hmm. the, the the those are really the, the two different things. So discount brokers is is low cost. You know, if you want to do it yourself, you know it doesn't cost much because you're the one that is going to be making the trade. It's your expertise. It's your time. You know they're just providing a platform. Whereas on the financial advisor side, you know because they're spending the time, they're doing the investment planning, building a portfolio for you. They'll be providing financial planning. There's there's a higher cost to that as there should be, right? Because mm-hmm. it's their mm-hmm. time and their expertise that. Uh, you know, is going to be rewarded for them providing that value. What robo advising and robo advice and what Just Wealth does, it, it kind of brings both of those worlds together. We mm-hmm. we we provide the low cost nature of a discount broker or a do it yourself investor, but we also bring in some of the expertise that a financial advisor you know provides, and we do mm-hmm. it through our investment planning. So. It's really uh, – and, and because of technology, we can do this, right? And like I said, up until a few years ago, the technology and the industry wasn't, wasn't up to what we can do today, right? So mm-hmm. it, it's been a great kind of marriage between the low cost and also the professional advice that people want and, uh, and they get it on their terms, right? You can get their – you can access to their portfolios at any time, 24-7, you know, mm-hmm. you can interact with us through email, Skype, however, uh, and it's really, uh, you know, it really is the best of both worlds. So, um, and it, yeah. it seems to be growing quite, quite quickly in the last couple of yeah, years. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. Especially just, there's so many robo advisors, especially in Canada. Like I know it's a bit crazy in the U S like there's a lot more options there in Canada. It's getting very popular. Do you want to kind of touch on what exactly is a robo advisor? Yes. Like so, what is that all about? Okay. So <laughs> the term robo advisor, um, it's, it sounds like it's literally just a robot. It does. Managing your portfolio, but uh, the the, ter- the term was coined actually in the United States, and uh, a mm. robo advisor in the United States can literally be an algorithm managing mm-hmm. a portfolio. So there's there there's no human intervention there, wow. um, which you know can be kind of scary, I guess, uh, for some some people. And uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. not something I necessarily would would do. And that's why in Canada it's a little bit different. So. It would, it, even though it's called a robo advisor in Canada, we're just, it's this term that's just kind of, kind of come up from the United States. But yeah. the way a robo advisor works here in Canada is much different. You have to have a, a licensed portfolio manager watching the portfolio and managing the portfolio on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And the only, I guess, similarities between a robo advisor in the United States and Canada is the way we interact. So if you go to our website, you fill out a risk tolerance questionnaire and we have a good idea of based on the answers to those questions, which portfolio you should be in. But it isn't until we actually have a conversation with you, then Mm -hmm. we can find out, okay, you know, you've said this in your questionnaire, but we're actually thinking that you're maybe not, shouldn't take on that much risk. So we're going to rec, we're going to actually recommend a lower risk portfolio. And mm-hmm. that's just from a regulatory standpoint in Canada. That's that how it, ha- that's how it has to be. But I actually think that's the superior way to have your money managed. You're, you're going to get, mm-hmm. you're going to get the professional money management. You're going to get the relationship with somebody. Um, you get that constant contact, but you also get the efficiency of using technology and you get the low cost nature um, that robo advisors do bring to the to the table. 
Mm-hmm. Now, do robo advisors generally? Is it mainly that they only deal with like ETFs or index funds, or or, or is there it could be mutual funds too, or, or what can they do? Yeah. So when they're when they build a portfolio um, within the portfolio, they would they would invest that person's money into one of many things, like you mentioned, a mutual fund or an exchange traded mm-hmm. fund. Um, and now, most robo advisors here in Canada will invest in exchange traded funds or ETFs mm-hmm. uh, because uh, they provide a low cost avenue um, to getting access to kind of the market. Um, Mutual. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be investing in a mutual fund, it's it's there's there's more costs and yeah. it's more expensive. So sometimes not the in the best interest of an investor. So uh, for the most part here in Canada, um, my uh, you know Just Wealth and uh, some other uh, online advisors or robo advisors mainly use exchange traded funds. But we're starting to see an evolution there, and, and there's different strategies coming out, uh, and people are using. You know they're integrating mutual funds and, and things like that. But mm-hmm. from our standpoint, we believe that if we we build a portfolio for a client and use low cost exchange traded funds, um, it's going to be in the best interest of the client. Absolutely. So just for people listening, and also I, I remember the first time uh, I met you a while ago, uh, I you just kind of picked your brain about like what are like I am not an investing expert at all. So I'd love for you because you had such a great way of explaining it, the difference between uh, an exchange traded fund and an index fund and what exactly are those things? Sure. They seem to be like kind of buzzy things like everyone in the personal finance sphere. It's like that is what they're kind of going more towards and kind of ditching the the old style mutual funds well yeah not only in you know kind of the the, the finance world i was reading mm-hmm. uh john oliver had a had a column that you know the, the late night love john yeah. i love john oliver yeah so love he had him. you know he has some very informative different rants if you if you want to call mm-hmm. him that but he had uh time magazine kind of did something on the best money tips Best seven money tips, and John Oliver was the one who who made up, made these up and recommended these. And one of them was um, invest in low cost index funds or exchange traded funds. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not just a buzzword in our community yeah. that we know. It's it's getting out there to the to the masses. Um, awesome. But basically, you know, what, when you're talking about index funds or exchange traded funds. Um, we got to take a step back and think about yeah. okay, okay, what is it? What is a mutual fund and, yeah. and, and exchange traded fund? So a mutual fund, what happens with a mutual fund? You have a person who is managing the money withheld within a mutual fund, and what their job is to do is to go out and select what they feel is the best companies within mm-hmm. their specific mandate. It could be companies that are just in Canada or just in the US or companies from around the world. And typically what those there'll be like 20 to 30 companies that that manager would select to go within that mutual fund. Mm-hmm. Whereas with an exchange traded fund it's you're buying the market in most cases. It's a basket of stocks or bonds that are focused on a specific region of the world mm-hmm. or even a sector or something like that. But the way those things – so those are very different. One's very concentrated, holds 20, 30 companies that the manager thinks is the best mm-hmm. uh, and the other one just holds the market. The two differences yeah. between the two of these, one, a mutual fund has a higher cost because, again, yeah. you're paying for that time and that manager to go do that research and all that. All that. 
Whereas yeah. with an exchange traded fund, you're literally just buying the market. It could be the Toronto Stock Exchange and all the companies in the Toronto Stock Exchange. So there's no mm-hmm. human necessarily intervention in there. You're, you're literally getting access to the 60 companies or whatever the index tracks. The mm-hmm. other aspect is how do you trade those and how yeah. do you buy them? With a mutual fund, they typically, they're pretty easy to get access to. You can, you can normally go into uh, your local bank and, and buy them very simply. With an mm-hmm. exchange traded fund, uh, they're not as easy to buy, and because ha- you you actually buy them on the stock exchange, right? And mm-hmm. it's you buy them throughout the day, and there's there's sometimes like bid and spread, um, uh, bid ask spreads, and you know all these different uh, you know complicated things that people mm-hmm. you know general public typically doesn't know about. <laughs> now, having said that, and going down that path, an index mm-hmm. fund is a mutual fund. Okay. okay. It, it it is it's structured the same as a mutual fund, um, but you're buying the entire market, so you're getting the aspects of a exchange traded fund, of the market mm-hmm. exposure, but you're getting it packaged in a mutual fund. So mm-hmm. you say, okay, well that sounds that could sound pretty good. The difference is because of the packaging and how they 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 you know they bring it all together. The cost is still higher than what it would be for an exchange traded fund. Mm-hmm. So, an index fund, you could go to a, a bank and buy an index fund for over 1% or 1.5% potentially. Whereas mm-hmm. with an exchange traded fund, if you're willing to trade it yourself, um, it could be five basis points, 10 basis yeah. points, a lot, a lot lower. And when I say basis points, I'm talking like 0.05%. So, wow! So it's really low. That's a big difference. It is. It is, and and it, it, you know, it's not only that's when I say that number, I say one percent or one and a half percent. I say that that would be what it would cost every single year. Yeah. So, you know, if, uh, simple terms. If someone had a hundred thousand dollars to invest, or you know, if, if you're buying an index fund, it's, that the cost is going to be around one thousand five hundred dollars every year. Versus if you're buying mm-hmm. an exchange traded fund, it could be a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. So exactly that. You know that's that's really different. Now, obviously, an exchange traded fund, low in cost, is better, and that's mm-hmm. where a robo advisor can come in and help out because we have the the capability and we have the experience to do that 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 trading that may be difficult to do on your own. However, we're still, yeah. but we're giving you exposure to the full market at that lower cost. Right. Yeah, that's kind of the the thing that I was always interested in ETFs. They sounded good to me, but when I like, I'm like, wait, but how do I do that? That seems really complicated. Also, I don't have time to like monitor that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's another thing. Like, you know, and investing isn't investing can seem complicated because the industry may just want to do that because it's almost like you know they don't want investors to do it themselves because. They could, you know, they can charge money, a lot of money, to make money off investors, right? But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you're when you're when you're dealing with exchange traded funds, it's 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 really it's not that hard, and it's yeah. not that difficult if you know what you're doing, right? Um, and what I mean by that, it's not that we don't have the information and we can't get it ourselves or do the research. It's sometimes the emotion of investing is what yeah. really is the tough part. Um, and it, it, I remember as a personal story, my first experience of investing, it's, I started investing in 2006 and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I invested in a, in a mutual fund at that time 
uh, and it had a great year. It was up, mm-hmm. you know, double digits. I was like, wow, this is this is sounds really good. <laughs> it's returned yeah. really well for the last year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try it to try it, and hopefully it does that next year. And sure enough, it didn't. Right. Yeah. And so what happens is that you buy on Euphoria, but then people sometimes sell when it's at the bottom. And and, and then, and matter of fact, you should actually be doing the opposite. So mm-hmm. you know, having that that expertise and somebody who's been through it and done it. Uh, and experience the ups and downs of a market is really, I think, the toughest part. Um, it's not necessarily looking at which, what to buy. Like you can buy an exchange-traded fund. It's like it's helping people stay invested when they when they should be invested, or, or buying more when it's a good opportunity, mm-hmm. or or selling when it's a little bit too high. So those are mm-hmm. some. That's the the number one difficulty I think most individual investors that are doing themselves probably face. Absolutely. No, I that reminds me of yeah, when I I started investing in 2010. So it was shitty market. <laughs> but I, I also did a lot of research. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, you, you're supposed to uh, buy low, sell high or whatever. And it, even still, you know, I, I really didn't have that much money, but I still I wanted to get into the investing game. And so I did and just checking the investments. And I, I know I probably shouldn't have, but I checked them like every couple weeks, every month just to see how they were going. And it was hard. You're yeah. like, ah, you, you feel like an idiot when you lose money but then you feel like a genius when you make a lot of money yeah i know and it's everyone kind talks of, about their wins but i know yeah that's talk. true no one talks about their losses that's very true but no it's it's just something that i think is so important for you know young people when i i feel like lots of people my age are getting into you know they're paying off their debt and they're getting to the mode where like okay what's kind of next i'm i'm starting to kind of get my financial house in order and i want to do investing and i think the the big question for most people my age is the where do I start? What do I do? Obviously, you know, they'll kind of talk to their parents. Their parents will be like, oh, go to a bank and talk to somebody. But there's lots of different options out there, which is why I wanted to talk with you because, you know, I, I feel like, yeah, robo advisors are very new, but I think they could also be very good. But Having said that, you know, uh, after I initially uh, met with you and we uh, we chatted about investing, I, um, you know, talked to my husband about, you know, uh, what we chatted about. And he was kind of like, hmm, robo-advisors, like, is there a lot of risk to that? And it's it's true. It's like there's – it seems like a lot of benefit, you know, there's – because there's not a storefront and all these things, costs can be lower. But I guess also people are worried because it's online – are there a lot of risks? Like, can I lose all my money if I invest with a robo advisor? Yeah. So it's a good question. It's a valid concern that, that, that your husband has. And, and, um, it's no different than investing with, uh, with the bank. It's no different than investing with a financial advisor. Um, when we, we have to go through all the regulations, um, that is, that is needed and sometimes even more because it's an online, Access right, so in an mm-hmm. online portal. Um, when we were when we got Just Wealth started in 2016, and when we were going through the the, the regulations uh, and mm-hmm. with the different securities commissions in every single in every single province, um, it, it wasn't an easy easy thing to do. And and we can't, we're coming from an experience where my partner had been managing money for mm-hmm. some of the largest banks for the last 20 years, and mm-hmm. I've been working in the industry for the last 10 years. Um, but we had to go, we had to meet with these commissions, securities commissions face to face, uh, and do our due, do, you know, do our due diligence that they needed to do their due diligence. Um, as far as that's the registration standpoint, as far mm-hmm. as like money being safe, um, 
you know, it's you're investing, so there's volatility yeah. in the investing. Um, but as far as um, your money going going away because uh, an online scam or something like that, that's not the case at all. In fact, we don't even hold the assets. Yeah. Um, it's they're held at what's called a custodian, um, so they actually have custody of the assets, and we have a relationship with them, uh, and they have all insurance and you know, all this in place. To, if something happens to them, the client's money is protected. But you know that's hardly ever it's never happened. Actually, no one's ever had to put an insurance clause because a custodian went bankrupt or anything like that. So they hold yeah. the assets, and then what we do, we just make sure that your your investments. Are invested the way they should be. So we have mm-hmm. a certain allocation to Canadian Canadian stocks and U.S. stocks, and then we'll keep that on track at all times, so that you know you don't have more exposure to U.S. than you should, or you don't have mm-hmm. more exposure to um, you know some type of sector than you should. Um, it's it's we just keep it in track, and they hold it. And actually, anytime you do it, you write a you do a deposit. It's to them. It's not even to mm-hmm. Just Wealth. It's to them. So, uh, okay. in, in that case, it's, it's Virtual Brokers is the company that we're dealing with. Right. Um, but yeah, it's 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 as safe um, as any any investment that you would do, whether it's bank or a financial advisor. That's good to know. And also, it's also kind of nice. Like I I, I hear that. Um, just you know any kind of fintech thing that comes up it's it's very hard to do anything like that in Canada just because of all the regulations and that's honestly kind of nice to hear that it's hard to do because yeah. it's like there is a lot more options and kind of cool um things going on in the states but and so you know obviously it's a bit harder for some of those things to come to Canada but it's also kind of nice knowing that we have a lot of regulations so it's not easy for any you know average joe just to open up their own like investing firm <laughs> right yeah and i think uh i think yes it can be harder as a canadian as, as a canadian business in a regulatory environment and or a business and um but that's a good thing <laughs> i think that's, yeah. uh, i think you know i think that shows that our our you know they're doing the, the regulators are doing the good job and they're looking out for the interest of, of the investor because mm-hmm. we don't want because the last thing that anyone would want is to have some type of whatever scam or whatever the case may be because that would just turn people off investing in general exactly and that's not what what we want at all uh, mm-hmm. you know we, people need to invest uh they need to save for for certain aspects whether it's retirement or any other um whether uh, mm-hmm. for school or whatever the case may be um so to have those kind of bad clouds over the industry would not be a good thing and and, and uh, the regulatory bodies are, are doing their job there so Mm-hmm. Okay. Last question. Uh, how often do you think people should um, kind of change their investments? I, I'm never quite sure whether it's a good time to like switch things up. That's a good question. So um, I think if you're going to – one time, there's no right or wrong answer to this, yeah. I'd say. But I think if you're ever going through a life experience or life change, it's probably mm-hmm. a good time to look at it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my wife and – and and I are having a baby in two in two months, so I'll be, you know mm-hmm. I'm looking at my finances and I got to change it around, right? Potentially, yeah. right? but that that's one thing. I'd say at the at the minimum, um, you should probably look at it at least once a year. Um, okay, nothing. So not more than that. No, I don't. Or if if you're if you're changing your investments like that rapidly, right? That probably means that you're not in the right investment. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, 
you know, say for example, if you're if you're retire if you're saving for retirement and you're changing your investment portfolio every single year until you retire, say for example, you're thirty or something like that, and every single year until you retire, and you know, it's it's probably you shouldn't do that because you're probably yeah. not the right investment. You're probably in something that is keeping you up at night. You know, it's causing mm-hmm. you stress, and uh, and then you're just changing for the sake of changing. So, you know, it's uh, if if you are if you are doing that, you're probably not mm-hmm. the right thing. Okay, so yeah, that makes sense. When yeah, kind of you see that your life is changing, and you know you maybe need to do something a little less risky or more risky or whatever. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and as far as like looking at your investments, like I've I've heard that you, you don't really need to look at your investments more than once a year because I guess you know kind of the the downside if you look at it too often, you may get emotional and want to you know switch things up when maybe you should just leave it be. Yeah. Um. That is probably good advice to look at it once a year, but we're, the you're able to look at it daily yeah. if you want. Um, <laughs> but it's not, uh, uh, you know, I remember, again, like if you're looking at it daily and it's causing you grief and, and you don't like the, you don't like the movement of the, of your investment, again, that probably means you're not in the right thing, right? So you, yeah. it's almost like you shouldn't have to look at it very often, right? Like yeah. there shouldn't be some golden There gold. should be any surprises. Right, exactly. Like, and and I think that's that's what I like about what we're trying to do at Just Wealth is because every single client that becomes a client of ours goes through an investment questionnaire and is asked questions on okay, you know, what is your expectation for this portfolio? How much do you like invested in in Canada, or what is your time horizon? And and what we found is that when we've when we've brought on clients and they've answered those questions. We don't we don't have that many conversations about someone who's worried about their investment because mm-hmm. we're we're not really we're, we're listening to what they're telling us yeah. and then investing based on that. So, whereas I think with with whether it's uh, other institutions, they tend to have a product that they need to sell a client. Right. Whereas we're trying to do, we're do it sounds like it it, sh- it shouldn't sound foreign but it is but we're doing it the exact opposite we need to learn first about the client before we yeah. can actually recommend a portfolio for them which should be the way it is at all times right but absolutely absolutely um, yeah so i don't think you know if you're in the right portfolio you shouldn't have to look at it very often um you know a couple times a year maybe once a quarter um mm-hmm. you know you usually get a statement at least at the bare minimum, you get a statement once a quarter. Uh, that's what the regulatory bodies say. You have to. We have to send statements out once a quarter. So mm-hmm. check it out there. But um, you know, you you yeah. you shouldn't be too surprised if and if you are, you're probably not in the right investment. Hmm. Hmm. Well. Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> um, well, thanks, Andrew, for chatting with me. And uh, I, I know I'm going to do way more research about robo advisors and, and then see if it's. Uh, I have a feeling that's you know kind of the route that me and my husband are probably going to go into. And I just think it's it's a, an exciting time, honestly, to be uh, around right now, being kind of a millennial with all of these different options so you're not kind of just stuck with one or two things well and and it is a great time and i think the millennials if you're just getting into investing it's it's a good time to get in because 
Um, there up until now, there really hasn't been much transparency in the investment yeah. world. You didn't, you know, you, you invested money into a mutual fund and you didn't really know how much you were paying for it. And yeah. You didn't know what your fees were. Um, but there's changes coming in the industry that is now going to show on a statement how much um, you're paying for advice. Uh, and if, if, if you're getting a good return or a good value in return for that mm-hmm. cost, um, and I think that's changing, you know, in early 20, well, it's already changing, but it's going to start yeah. showing on statements in early 2017. So, um, I always kind yeah, of, that'll be interesting to see. I'm excited. Cause it's like, you can see on your statement, the MER percentage, but you don't have the dollar amount. And I remember I used to always ask my advisor, I'm like, but how much? And he just kept on just, I don't know. He never really came to the point. So I always had to calculate it later. Yeah. And, and sometimes, People don't, you know, whether depending on how much they have, they've invested, but like they, you see, say two and a half percent, because that's a typical MER yeah, yeah. or fee for an annual on an annual basis for a mutual fund, two and a half percent. But you, you see that it doesn't like two and a half percent doesn't necessarily yeah, you're like, sound that's nothing. like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But when you when you equate that back to a dollar term, um, it could you know it could be quite expensive, and it could be one of the most expensive things you actually have that year. And it could be expensive on a mutual fund you're not making that much money off of, you know? Right, exactly. When there's other avenues that can provide similar service, if not superior service, for a lower cost. So we always have a saying, it's like keep your fees like your milk under 1%. And if you can do (laughs) that, if you can do that, um, you're going to be pretty good. So, So yeah, there you go. Keep your fees under 1%. I really like that. Like, I feel like I should just put that on my fridge right now. (laughs) That's a great thing to remember. Easy to remember. Well, thanks again, uh, Andrew, for chatting investment talk with me. All right. Super fun. Well, thank you. I I had a blast too. Thanks for your time. And that was episode 66 with the wonderful Andrew Kirkland, president of Just Wealth. And uh, I also for, just remembered that I got some fabulous news. He just became a father for the first time. He just um, welcomed a uh, child with his wife. So a big congratulations to you, Andrew. And good luck. You're going to be very tired and very busy, I'm sure. Um, and again, if you are interested in investing with Just Wealth, which is Canada's most comprehensive online investment platform, make sure to do so by checking out my special link, justwealth.com slash jessica-morehouse. You'll get a special $50 bonus when you sign up with them. Just Wealth, investing the way it should be just for you. So make sure to, uh, there's going to be more information in the show notes, jessicamorehouse.com slash 66 about that special offer, about all the things that we talked about, more about Andrew and Just Wealth and all that good stuff. And before I let you go, I got some new iTunes reviews. Thank you so much for giving me the reviews. And if you're listening and you haven't given me a review yet, please, 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 please just spend the next two minutes to give me a review and I will give you a shout out on a future episode. All right, the first one I have is from Impatient Fan from USA. Um, They say, I pop in my earbuds and eavesdrop on fun conversations with great guests about my favorite topic, money. Jessica, it's easy to listen to, ask great questions, and lands interesting guests. Fast becoming one of my favorites. Well, thank you so much, Impatient Fan from the USA. I appreciate you and your review. Um, And next, I've got Kiki underscore 
OE from Canada. Um, and they say, I gained interest in becoming financially educated in debt repayment after paying for my wedding and sought areas to self-educate. And I must say your podcast has been so helpful. I spent a week listening to every episode and I'm sad I'm done because now I have to wait for new ones. Thank you very much for the stories of everyday individuals that inspire and assist others. Well, thank you, Kiki. Um, I am trying my best to get new episodes to you as soon as possible so you won't have to wait too long. Um, but thank you for, for binge listening to all of my episodes. That's awesome. I really, really appreciate you and your iTunes review. So if you haven't given me a review, please take a few minutes to do so. I'd really appreciate it. If not, that's okay. Whatever. No big deal. Still like you a lot. Um, and make sure to check out tomorrow. I've got another listener series episode uh, with a gal named Heidi from Vancouver. And you're not going to want to miss it. Peace. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.